Good morning. Welcome. Uh, add my welcome to, uh, to Gareth. So good to have you with us. And especially, as Gareth has said, if you're, if you're new here today, if you're visiting us, uh, if you're wondering about this being your spiritual home, you are so welcome. We say it regularly. You are a guest of the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, so good to be. So we're uh, in this series, as Gareth explained earlier on, based on Micah 6.8. The reason we're doing that is we're looking uh, for our vision as a, as a church. We have a, an enduring purpose as a church here at Trinity. Uh, we know that we're called to make committed followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, to change communities and to change nations. We make no apology for setting the bar that high. We are here to change the world through Jesus Christ. That's, that's the deal. We're not uh, marking time. Uh, we're not just sort of doing a little bit on the side. Um, it's uh, been said and, and it just I constantly come back to it. So much of our world is telling us that this faith thing, this following Jesus is a side issue. But the truth is that God's work in this world and our response to God's work in this world, our response to Jesus Christ is the center line of history. The way we respond to what God is saying to us right in this moment is the center line of history. So we want to know his vision for his church. We want to know what it means to, uh, to share in his work, his mission work. God with us now, the Holy Spirit. I hope that excites you. I hope you have a sense immediately of what it would mean to give yourself completely and fully to the mainline story of the whole of human history. Just as we've been sharing and hearing from, from Susie, that's a response, a wonderful, powerful response to the centerline story of history. And if we do this, if we, get a, if we get a picture from God as a guy called Bill Hybels, who's a pastor some of us will have heard of in the States, if we get a picture from God for the future that inspires a real passion in us now, then it's going to draw us closer to God. That's why we're seeking this vision, because, not because we have to be a kind of corporate entity and have a neat little sales pitch, but because if we are doing what God is calling us to, then we will inevitably be drawn closer to him. Because a godly vision is one that's beyond what we can imagine. You know, if I tell you what I can imagine for us, if I can tell you what I imagine for changing Cheltenham and Gloucester and Gloucestershire and even beyond, if I can give you my vision for that, well, that's my vision. That'll be, that'll be as far as I can imagine us going. But God's vision will be beyond what we can imagine doing in our own strengths. Because it will, it will be something that is so bananas and so bonkers that we'll only be able to do it with God's strength. Do you get that? If you have a vision for your life, which is just kind of, you know, I'm 54, I was 54 this week. I know, I don't look it. <laughs> but you know, if I have a, don't nod over there. I've got you, take your name down. You know, if I just had a vision for the rest of the years of my life, which was around 
you know, I might try and retire when I am. They keep, by the way, moving the goalposts in the Church of England. Do you experience that? If I was just trying to think, how can I get to 67 or it'll be 68 or 69? You know, and that's it. How depressing. How completely depressing to have a vision for my life that is bound up with what I, Andrew Blythe, can think is is possible. I, I don't want to go through the motions in that kind of way. I want to give myself to the biggest possible picture. And I know in a, in a group this big, there'll be some of us sitting there going, yeah, but you don't know what my life is like. You don't know what my life is like, Andrew. You have this privilege, this position that enables you to say things like that. But you don't know what my life is like. You don't have a sense of maybe how mind-numbingly boring I find my, my job if I have work. Or maybe you don't, you don't know, Andrew, what it's like to be desperate for work and to not have it. Maybe, Andrew, you don't have a sense of my, my relationships and a sense of how can anything ever change? How can e- ever anything be good? All I can do is just enough strength for today. Maybe you're a man in your 50s or 40s or 30s. Forgive me, ladies, just saying this. But maybe you've got that kind of little midlife crisis thing going on, that sort of career thing going on. It happens to us men, doesn't it? I mean, the bottom line is, because Tesco's can provide everything we need, there's not a lot of hunting out on the range to be done anymore. You know, men, we're not entirely sure what we're for, are we, in a way? Just a little bit of truth in that. Well, the truth is, men, we are here to fight for what the Lord God Almighty is giving us. The center line of history and women of this church, you are also here for the same purpose. Our personal vision, our corporate vision needs to be beyond what we can imagine so that we know that it's only by God's strength that we can do it. And if we have a godly vision, then it'll give us mutual goals. It'll give us things to share about. It'll it'll also help us to prioritise. It'll tell us what we shouldn't be doing as a church as much as what we should be doing as a church. And that's also true personally. If your life is just kind of filled with a whole soup of different things that are different voices flying in, then ask God... The Holy Spirit, God with us now, to give you a personal vision which will just as much allow you to say no as it will be to say yes. And we're looking at this verse, it goes up on the screen, Micah 6.8, because it is one of those hooks that you can hang A question about what does a relationship with God look like and what does a a walking with Jesus, what does an active daily discipleship with Jesus look look like? If you haven't been with us so far, just a quick catch up. Micah is a kind of courtroom drama as the prophet speaking to God's people 2,700 years ago plus a bit. He's sort of kind of speaking God's charges towards God's people. And he's saying to them, look, on the outside... Things look okay. 
You're doing the religious stuff. You're going through the motions. But the problem is your heart. You are not sharing my vision, says God. You're not sharing in my storyline. You're trying to write your own script. And it's a script where there's kind of compromise. God is really, really significant and really important. But just not of everything. And Micah says, God's message is simple. I don't look on the outside. I'm not, I'm not listening for how loud the, uh, the volume is. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not focusing on how enthusiastically you might appear to sing the songs or to do the stuff. I, I don't want to know what you just say you believe. I want to look and I want to see what you believe. Do you really believe that your faith and your response to God and your living in the power of Jesus Christ is the centre line of history? Or is it kind of like an add-on? And in our first set of three, we, we looked at how that verse helps us get some truths, some doctrinal truths about who God is. And who we are in relation to God. And we talked about what does it mean to say that God is justice. He is the definition of what is right and what is wrong. And when they t- we then talked about, well, how does it work then that God came down in Jesus and died on a cross for us? Was there a fudge going on? Was God sort of saying, well, I've got to judge you, but I want to be merciful. And we said no. On the cross of Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you don't know this truth, just pin back your ears. Open your heart and listen to the truth. On the cross, when God died in Jesus, justice and mercy fully entwined. The justice of God was expressed through the mercy of God in paying the price for us, paying the penalty of sin. And then in our third, one of the first set of three in this series, we then talked about, well, if that's true, who God is and who we are in relationship to him, then what does it mean to walk humbly, to have a a right relationship between God and us? What does it mean to say, yes, God, your concerns are to be my concerns And so now here we are. We're asking a so what question in these next set of three talks. If that's true, if that's the picture, the architecture, so what for us as followers of Jesus Christ? And I want to just be really clear. We're following here a pattern. This verse, Micah, I'll put my picture up again, is a a fruitcake it's not a layer cake. Do you remember some of you, me saying that? And then it was picked up so well last week by Laura. It's a, it's a fruitcake verse. These things intertwine. And the pattern we're following is, is the same as we see in the book of Acts. If you've not read Acts, this is the what happened next after Jesus rose from the dead again. 
and then sent his people out to be the center line of history. And in the book of Acts, and we'll just put a couple of snippets of verse up on the screen, Acts 1.8, we see that the disciples were told to wait for the power of God. And when the Holy Spirit came and filled them, when that personal transformation had happened, then they went out in God's mission. And so friends, this is the pattern. You know, can I put it like this? Don't get fired up by what Susie has said about IGM. Don't add a bit of justice work to your, to your kind of life. A little bit here on the edge. What you need to do is to be personally convicted and transformed within about the justice of God. And living in response to him. And then letting it flow. And then letting it flow. This is the model. Personal transformation through the work of the Holy Spirit is what leads us into responding to God. You have to have the depth of personal transformation. And so look, here, so what? Let me put this slide up. God's justice. So what? Well, the so what is are you living with complete confidence in who God is? Are we living at peace? You see, friends, I want to say it's this model, isn't it? The personal transformation, the work of the Holy Spirit in us, because God is just. Because God is mercy, because God calls us to walk in right relationship with him, is the foundation for all we are called to be. As I've just indicated, I've just suggested, if you kind of add a bit of a gloss of supporting IGAM or any other great Christian work. If, if we as a church were to come up with a really snappy, great vision picture, if it's not related within us individually and within us as a body of Christ, if it's not rooted in the transforming work of the Holy Spirit, then it will just be religious striving. It will be adding burden. It will be adding a sense of guilt. God wants me to be this, this and this and I, I constantly just let him down. I constantly fail. We'll have a sense as a church family, if we, if we do the vision work without this first inner work, we'll have a sense of just adding to the list of, and guys, members of this church, you'll just feel like the God stuff is constantly nicking a bit of time from the family stuff, which is nicking a bit of time from the work stuff, and the work stuff steals a bit of time from the church, and you'll just, it'll be striving. That's not what God calls us to. If we know the truth, 
that God is justice. He defines right and wrong. If we know the truth that God in mercy has paid the penalty for our sins, if we know the truth that we now stand before God, right before him, then we will invite, then we will be open to the Holy Spirit. God at work within us to transform us, to set us free from a whole load of baggage and liberated to live and to walk with him. See, this was Micah's challenge, wasn't it? The outward show was masking what was going on in the inside. Now, in that instance, it was sin. It was deliberate sin. And folks, anyone here today that is, you know, if you are, have a bit of your life where you know you're not being obedient to God, do not be surprised if it is a struggle to pray. Do not be surprised if it is a struggle to hear God's voice. It's not that your Father in heaven does not want to speak to you, does not want to have a relationship with you, but the truth is that sin becomes a barrier. The outer can mask the inner. That was what Micah was trying to say as he spoke God's voice into God's people at that time. And I just feel so passionately that it's what God is saying to us now. We are an amazing church. Yeah, we've got all kinds of challenges. Being a big church is challenging. There's a load of us who feel like we're passengers in this. There's a load of us who don't feel fully involved. There's a load of us who don't feel fully valued. There's a truth that there are not enough opportunities for us to use our gifts and to serve God's work. All of these things are true. All of these things are true. But the solution, the way forward, is not for the lead pastor or the senior leadership team to come up with a clever sounding vision. You can go to Tesco's and buy better products. What we're about is inviting God to transform us from the inside out. So that we can follow his calling. I want to say something I think is really important here. About the difference between your vocation, your calling and the job that you do. Because I just know there's a few of us in the room who are saying, easy for you to say, Andrew, because your job, your calling is such a natural expression of what it means to be a Christian. Whereas if you knew my circumstances without a job at home or, or, or with a job that just, can I just say this to you? We have to be so clear that our inner calling, this work of God, this transforming work in us, our gifts are always different to the job that we have and the role that we have. Yes, it is true. There are more roles that feel, can feel more vocational than others. But if I stop being the lead pastor of Trinity Cheltenham, I do not stop having the calling to be who I am, to use my gifts. 
And if God should determine that my future was not to be standing on a stage like this, but to be doing, and you just fill in the blank, of any other role that you can imagine that had no public profile to it whatsoever, my inner calling would not have changed. My vocation to be a minister of reconciliation in the name of Jesus, to reach out with love, to share the good news, would not have changed. Some of us in this room have roles and jobs which feel quite close, vocational to who God is. Maybe we're in the health service or we're in education or we're in all of those roles that sometimes in church life we think are just one step different to the lead pastor. You know, lead pastor at the top. Teachers, pretty close. Nurses, wow. Some of us here thinking we're over this end. But friends, the truth is, whatever role we're called to occupy, that is just our role. And if you confuse your role with your calling, you can lead into all kinds of dangerous territory. God wants to transform us and give us a vision for being his people, starting with where we are. Starting now. Do you believe that God is justice? Do you believe that God is mercy? Do you believe that God calls you into walking humbly with him in a way that will in a way which will be right? Do you feel at peace with God? And with yourself. You see, it's so easy, isn't it, to it's so tempting to to barter with God. You know, God, I, I give you I give you so much. Sure, surely. Come on, God. Surely I have a bit of a right to expect. so easy to do that it's so easy to slip into uh, sensing that our salvation our being saved is, is through what we do I know she doesn't so I can say this you know that is Susie any closer to God than anyone else in this room not because of IGM maybe because of her heart it's so easy to think God, if only, if only I wasn't in this job or this role or only if I wasn't in this family or if only I wasn't. Someone else I've heard say that we all have our own individual top 10 commandments. You know, I heard it at a talk at New Wine a few years ago. I can't remember who it was, but it stuck with me so much. You know the official Ten Commandments, don't you? But there's the, the Andrew Blythe version of them. And when I look back across a week, I think to myself, you know, okay, how did I do on the Scotch Egg Commandment? <laughs> For those who don't know that reference, watch earlier tapes. How did I do with my, um, my driving with a smile commandment? so easy, isn't it, to judge our relationship with God 
in our own worldly kind of way. To, to have a vision for what our life is meant to look like that is determined by us and for us. When God's purposes so clearly expressed on the cross in Jesus Christ, God's purposes are for his vision, for our lives, for his purposes. As I've already alluded to, we can do the religious stuff, can't we? You know, if I just go to, if I just go to church, to use that phrase, enough. Well, folks, I go to church probably more than anyone else here. It doesn't work. You know, when I stand before Jesus, and I've said this before, and Gareth said it, and yes, hear the seriousness of it. When I stand before Jesus, his only question to me will be, Andrew, were you obedient? Did you do what I asked you to do? And I love what Susie said, with your peace. He really isn't going to ask me whether, I don't think he's going to ask me what jobs I had. He's going to ask me whether I was obedient with the peace that he gave. We are called, as we have been graphically reminded this morning, to live as a people of justice and mercy and humility. We are absolutely called, I have no doubt, as a church, to share a vision for changing communities and changing nations piece by piece. We are called, each one of us, to serve the cause of the kingdom of God where we are. To be agents of justice, agents of mercy, where we are. The Bible tells us that it all connects together. It all connects together. It's not true, the sort of individualism of our age, that it's just us in our bubble. It all connects together. Each one of us can be powerful advocates for what is right in this world. Each one of us has a unique part to play in the story of God's salvation. God bringing all things together and restoring them again. Each one of us. But if we individually and as a church, in any sense, add this as another task for us to do, it will just be religious striving. Out of all that we have already thought about this verse, Micah 6.8, about what it teaches us about who God is and our relationship with him, the first step for us as a whole church family, for us individually, is to come before God again and to open our hearts to God's work in us, his transforming work in us. And it doesn't matter 
It doesn't matter what our circumstances are. It doesn't matter whether you feel you can easily connect the way you use your time with the character and nature of God, or even if you find it very, very difficult to do that. Our place of mission, our place of service, is first and foremost where we already are. And the only way to get that sense of vision, the only way to get that sense of purpose, and to truly live at peace with God, to know that he's not looking for us to perform for him, He's not looking for us to kind of try and offer him something. He doesn't need it. It's it's to give the one thing we can give, which is our heart. Just have a look at this verse from, uh, from Romans 12. If we can just pop that one up. Romans 12 too, please. A very familiar verse to many of us. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. That pattern is strong. But do not conform to it any longer. But be transformed. Let God, as he did with Saul, give you a new heart. Let God... Lift your hearts to fill the vision that he gives you. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. To think in a godly way. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing and perfect will. I am so excited about what God wants to do with me and us. I'm so excited about the transformation that needs to happen within myself as much as ever, maybe more than in each of all of us. But I know as I have said, and forgive me repeating, I know if it, what it amounts to is a clever strap line and a few more things that Trinity does, it fails the mica test. I know it starts, all of this starts with transformation within And if you're here today and you do not have that sense of being at peace with your God, if the sense of his justice to flow through you feels like a burden, if if you're here today and you, you really just struggle to have a sense of purpose despite circumstances, If you're here today and you want what God wants, would you let him do his inside out work?
If you're able to, shall we stand? We've got time before anyone needs to go so, and collect children. We've got time. So let's enjoy a moment of space. I've got no doubt in a most wonderful way that all of the components of this morning have already been speaking into our hearts. We do see that injustice in Gideon's story and we're rightly fired, fired by God. But I want to ask us and invite us to be open, open to God saying, and that fire can burn now in you where you are. But for that to happen, I need your heart. You know, if you're here today and you're struggling in your marriage and you're wondering if you would be better off out of it. If you are here today and you're struggling with what you watch on screens, if you're here today and you are struggling with work and balancing and you're striving, if you're here today with just a kind of general sense of weight and guilt, Would you now, as I invite, Holy Spirit, please, not because I invite, but because, Jesus, it's what you do. It's what you want to do. Would you, anyone who wants to say to you, yes, God, yes, God, somehow in an odd way, he's been talking about me and, God, you're talking to me. Yes, God. I'm sorry for compromise. I'm sorry for trying to shape you into my image. God, I'm tired of striving. God, I'm tired of a sense of dread of going to work or... God, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of my anger towards others. You know, the truth is I, I see it when I react in meetings to people. A kind of welling up of a frustration and an anger in me. I'm tired of that, God. I don't want it. I don't want it. I'm tired of feeling like I don't have a purpose. Holy Spirit, come. In the name of Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, would you do your healing work now? God of justice, God of mercy, God of humility, the Lord God Almighty, give us a new heart. Give us a new heart.